Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello, welcome to Film Fandango, the film podcast. My name is David Reed, and this is Marek Larwood. Merry Christmas, Marek. Oh, oh, oh. You've been practising that, haven't you? Yeah. Since we last spoke, I've been performing in my play, where I play Father Christmas. Yep. I've just sprayed some hairspray on this double, that's my beard. Hairspray on stubble is your beard? White hairspray. Oh, okay. So far, the average audience has been seven. Okay. It's one Years of the old, worst selling or... shows ever. I can't really say, and, and there's quite a lot of disputes about pay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. Oh, good. Um, well, that sounds like it's bringing you a lot of Christmas joy. I'm really pleased I'm going to have to stay in London doing that, and I do not want anyone to watch it. Okay, I've not seen any publicity for it. Maybe that's why only seven people are coming. None. Really, it's very hard to sell a theatre show without telling anyone it's on. It's one of the oddest experiences of my life, and it feels like a dream, a bad dream. I mean, most things in which I play Father Christmas would be bad. Would be bad dreams. Um, Are you uh, Santa Claus in most of your bad dreams? Is that? Yeah, (laughs) just find yourself having to deliver presents to kids. Yeah. All over the world. Imagine that. Oh, God. Every year it gets worse and worse. And they get more demanding. And more kids, aren't they? Yeah. More kids every year. It's like exponential growth of it's kids. When he started off, he probably thought it's going to be just Cain and Abel. Yeah, two people, it's easy. Yeah. And then they and then have they, kids with they, presumably their mum. Then they, then, then they begat... Job. Job begat Arthur. I didn't know you'd memorise the whole Bible. Arthur begat Garfield. Colin. Colin begat Steve. Steve begat Sandra. Sandra begat Barry. I mean, that's what I... I started reading the Bible once and that's pretty much it, isn't it? It's a list, isn't it? Mm. It, it gets better at storytelling, I think, as it goes on, but there's a lot of lists in the early days. Yeah. You'd think you'd you'd put that at the end when you're running out of ideas. Yeah, in the in the appendices at the end. Always start with your best stuff. Look, I know this is boring, but if you if you really must know who begat whom, then turn to the end. It's all there. So because of all the begatting, it's sort of ruined it for Father Christmas. Yeah. You know what's wrong about uh, the Bible? The mistake they made. What? Uh, you know, lots of good stories in there. There's no map in the front uh, cover. Of course, which yeah. Which would make it brilliant, wouldn't it? And Everyone the, loves a book with a map in it. And an appendix for characters that get lost. Yeah, yeah. Lost of people. Who is Job? Yeah. 
Um, so let's talk about the cinema. The big release. The one the world has been waiting for. Yeah. If you're interested in Star Wars. If you're not interested in Star Wars, you couldn't give a <laughs> shit like me. But anyway. I mean, that's true of all things, though, isn't it? No, <laughs> David, it is not. Okay. Tell me about Rogue One. Well, Rogue One, a Star Wars story. And they're going to... Uh, carry on with that. They, when these were first uh, suggested, they were called Star Wars anthology films. But basically, it's a standalone Star Wars film. Now, I wanted to go and see this because, as listeners will know, I'm quite a big Star Wars fan. And uh, so I went on to the Odeon BFI IMAX website because I was thinking, IMAX, gotta see it in IMAX. That's the best screen. Yeah. Nice Christmas treat. Yeah. Um, and there was only showings at like 8.45 and like 2 a.m. Didn't you have to book a year so, in advance? Yeah, you had to book quite well the day they came out, basically. So I went 8.45, fine. Turned out that was 8.45 in the morning. No! <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> that was the only one left available. So um, I, I went to uh, 8.45 in the morning. In rush hour? In uh, It was all right, actually, uh, going that early. But... um. So this is the story. Is that is the dog's next door? That's the it? prick dog next door. Yeah, he's the yeah. enemy. He's the enemy. He's the Darth Vader of this house. Yeah, we love dogs in our household, as you can probably guess by the fact we have one, and we cannot wait for next door's dog to die. <laughs> Just cannot. Is that wait. the three-legged one? No, the three-legged one is perfectly quiet, and this one used to be perfectly quiet. Until they bought the three-legged one, and now this one barks all the fucking time to protect the three-legged one. I've I only come round to do these podcasts, and I'm annoyed by it. So I dread to think what how you must feel. I want to move, Marek. I want to move because there's a dog next door. It's like me with the builders. Yeah. Anyway, Rogue One is about uh, Felicity Jones and how she stole the Death Star plans, so that it it basically goes all the way up to the opening shot of Star Wars A New Hope. Um, Fisty Jones, not she's not playing herself as the cap. Did you call her Fisty Jones? Felicity Jones. <laughs> we can call her Fisty Jones if you like. I think Fisty Jones is a good character a name. Good name, isn't it? Okay, so Fisty Jones, yes. Yeah. She's, uh, she is, uh, it transpires, the daughter of the man who designed the Death Star, Mads Mikkelsen. Um, oh. So uh, she is uniquely placed, apparently, to do some stuff. But, um, this is directed by uh, Gareth Edwards, who did Monster, and uh, which was a uh, independent monster film that got a lot of. He did all these. He's special effects himself. Yeah, yeah. He actually started out by winning. Do you ever hear the Sci-Fi Twenty Four Hour Film Challenge? Uh, Forty Eight Hour. That's I the did. one. Yeah, I've, yeah. I've done it. Yeah. He won that about five or six years ago, and that started yes. the incredible story of propelling himself from. Because if you win that, good people see it. Like the year I did it. I think it was John Landis was one of the judges. Wow. And yeah, it's pretty cool. But um, that, for, if listeners don't know what I'm talking about, it's this competition they do where you have 48 hours to write, shoot, edit and submit a short sci-fi film. But in order to stop cheating, they give you very specific title, a line of dialogue, a shot that has to be included. Yeah. People, of course, still cheat. They just add those shots to a thing they've been working on for years. Yeah. But um, it's it's great fun to do. Exhausting. 
especially if you're acting in it and you don't get any sleep for 48 hours, you'll sort of go a bit nuts. Well, editing must be. Well, exactly. Hopefully you'll be done before that's so the editing. But you tend to do it like a production line, so you do it chronologically and hand the bits over yeah. to the editor. So that's, sorry, that's anyway, Gareth Edwards. That's Gareth Edwards, yeah. the director. And this one is directed brilliantly. I have to say, visually, in terms of it looking like Star Wars and being exciting and brilliant, I preferred it to Force Awakens. Um, it's it's a war movie basically. It leads up to a forty minute battle in the end, um, and everyone in it's great, like really good characters. And that that was the strongest bit for me actually, which is rather than sort of returning Dan Solo and Princess Leia and Chewbacca, yeah. and then adding a few people who are basically carbon copies of original characters from the originals. This at least has its own characters that it's written. They're still very Star Warsy, but there's like um there's a blind sort of samurai guy who isn't a Jedi but he is force sensitive so he uses the force so he can know where people are but he's only got a stick. Um and uh there's a there's a robot the comedy robot is again good. They do good comedy droids I've heard these that things. People said it's the best character in it. Yeah. Alan Tudyk plays him and uh, we've talked about him before. He's in Tucker and Dale versus Evil, which is fantastic and he's, he's... a weird sci fi thing that was a spin off of a series. Is that right? Oh, he's in Firefly. That's it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um so oh and Serenity, the film of uh, the spin off film. Uh, and he's excellent. It's really good. I really enjoyed it. If I if I had any criticisms, it would be that it's still not quite bold enough with the kind of stories it's telling. You know, it is another epic to save the entire galaxy that starts off with a girl who lives in a small family unit in a deserted planet, yeah. and then the Empire gets involved. Like they they still can't break away from how these stories start, yeah. but it's actually really good. And you know what? Uh, Men Bendelson as the baddie is brilliant. I love Ben Mendelsohn. He's wonderful. Does he have a lisp? Because in some scenes he seemed to have a lisp. I think he's probably copying me a bit. Is he? I'm a big influence on some of these Hollywood directors. Uh, he was wearing a white cape like you often do when you come round. I do, yes. I take it off at the door, though. <laughs> That's right. Um, he's excellent. Like I've only seen him in a couple of things now. I think Slow West was one of them. I thought he was great. And he's sort of... You, he's transformative like you yeah he's so different in everything um and he's great and he's exactly the kind of person you want to play a member of the empire because he's got presence and uh and status and just like you there's he's a complex character for me the the biggest failure of the post prequels films is the casting of Donald Gleason who is good in other things. I love him in Ex Machina. He is so wrong to play a military general. It's yeah. unreal. It's like casting like, you know, I don't know, like Malcolm in the Middle as a, <laughs> as a military general. It's like, what the quite hell good. is this? Well, these days, he's a bit older now. Isn't he? Yeah. But yeah. Now, okay, one weird talking point that you can join in with, and this isn't really a spoiler. There are two... I believe actually possibly more, but they're only in shots. But two very prominent, completely CGI characters. Oh, no. no, no, no. But one of them is Peter Cushing. So they've put Peter Cushing in this film playing the same character as he played in the original Star Wars, but he's entirely computer generated. Can you tell? Yes. 
the technology still isn't quite good enough. Yeah. It's it's the most impressive I've ever seen, but what, it's still did, just a CGI man. Did they, why don't they map his face onto a normal Well, they one? have done that. They have done that, but, you know, it's still a computerised face, you know. Um, and... The other one is, it actually ends with a shot of young Princess Leia saying a single word. And uh, she, she looks really waxworky as well. It's an, it's an odd choice, you know, no one minds because they go, I, you know. Yeah. Fair on them for effort. Well, that's what's going to happen. All the big stars, soon there won't be acting roles, it'll be, uh, your agent will phone up and they'll say, listen, mate, people have heard about you playing Father Christmas and there's some interest for you to be in the next Star Wars film. <laughs> oh really yeah they want your f- face your head is so big got no hair on it it's the perfect thing to be mapped perfect surface you're a surface we, man we can stick ping pong balls and map someone else's face onto it someone dead like yeah what I was thinking is now, now they've got in their computer an entirely really detailed render of Peter Cushing and they're not going to use him again so Surely they should write him a sitcom or something that yeah. the like a sitcom set in the Death Star would be quite good with the Moff Tarkin, I think his name is. Oh, he's actually going to be uh, in the Star Wars character. Well, he, he, that's how they've rendered him. His clothes are part of the thing, aren't they? So uh, he probably still have to be him. But it could be just him and his wife and his neighbours. What is know. his character called? Grand Moff Tarkin, I think. Grand Moff. Moff, not Moff. Moff, double F. Grand Moff. Uh. Also, another quite funny thing was because it had to match the original Star Wars, Darth Vader appears in this and he has to be in his original 1977 outfit, which is a bit shit. <laughs> so his cloak looks like it's from a bought from a costume store. Oh, really? And his his uh, his mask is a bit flappy. They changed it for Empire Strikes Back and then I think changed it slightly again for Return of the okay. Jedi. But he's back in his original, so it's like, oh, that's not the, that's not the one I remember. <laughs> I wonder who has these conversations. Yeah. Because there must be a debate over it. Yeah, they'll, well, they'll, they'll say it'll have to match or the fans will sort of point it out and laugh at us. You know. Fans. But fans. Are you a Star Wars fan? Yeah. I was talking to the audience. Oh, right. Are you a Star Wars fan? That was our new interactive element where I ask the audience a question yeah. and they say something. Okay, and if they've got a longer answer, I suppose they can just pause the podcast. No, it's only ever going to be one word answer. Oh, okay, fine. Um, do, do you want to try another one? Because I think it's been quite successful. Uh, if you're on a bus or train or just in a car, why not talk to Marek at this point and uh, slightly put off people around you? Um, go ahead what do you want to know from them uh, what's the word that you use for excrement say it really loud so I can't hear that's interesting isn't it yes that is very interesting I was trying to make them say something that's swear without in public <laughs> I got that it was a very clever ruse it, I, that's why I could be a sort of bank robber or something oh like yeah that. you're a spy what you a know. mastermind yeah absolutely Absolutely. Um, how many Davids then? You know, I think I'd give it. I think I'd give it eight. Um, it's it's a thoroughly enjoyable romp. Like it's still a ride more than it's a uh, film about really strong characters. But the characters are good in a sort of fantasy epic kind of way. You know, Felicity Jones holds it. Um, 
you don't really ever feel like you know what her character's about particularly. Yeah. She's sort of that rather safe, um, boring lead who is, you know, everyone around her's interesting and they seem to like her and respect her. So you go, okay, it's fine. Like, um, man, that's how you get Hollywood roles. Seems to be, seems to be. But everyone around her is absolutely brilliant and she's doing her job, you know. But no, this is closer to what Star Wars should be. Was it weird watching it at 8.45 then? Um, you know, it was slightly weird, but actually the thing that I hated was the 3D. Again, and I know I keep coming back to this, but it spoiled the first 20 minutes because whenever yeah. anything moves, it goes wrong. And by the time your eyes adjust, they've filtered it out, so it doesn't even look impressive anymore. Mm. The best bit about 3D is the IMAX's logo that says this film is about to be in 3D. That's yeah. the best bit, and then it's just tedious. So I might actually go and see it again in 2D uh, when I'm up in York for Christmas. What was the atmosphere like? Was it full of, uh, I presume it's full of mental people? Yeah, you know, it, no, yeah, mental cases, you know, yeah. mostly. I mean, there was there was a few sort of friendly whoops at the beginning when the title plate came up, and then people did applaud at the end, you know. Yeah. It's always quite nice when that happens. Yeah. Do you not like that? I just find it a bit weird. I forgot to put some sugar in my coffee, so if anyone wants to hear what it sounds like putting a, a lump of sugar into coffee, you're about to hear it in the background here. You can use this for your own film if you like. Well, you talked over the whole thing, so that would oh, yeah. be a bit weird if they did. Yeah, but don't <laughs> use it. That's like you watermarking it, so they can't use it, actually. Well, I know. If I see a Hollywood film and someone's putting it, and then my just voice... just suddenly your voice, you can use this if you like. That's weird. Someone's taken this, <laughs> someone's taken this from the Film Fandango podcast and used it on that Hollywood film. Very odd. I, someone sent me, actually, a friend of mine who listens to the podcast... Come off um, it. ...sent me a video this morning, which was the trailer for the new Tom Cruise mummy film... Uh, but IMAX accidentally released it with a tiny percentage of the sound effects actually in it, and it's hysterical. Oh, it really? makes you realise how much work the sound is doing, you know? Because mm. they're just like running, like uh, a plane gets hit by you know, a plague of locusts or whatever it is, and nothing happens, and then a door blows open and nothing happens, and then a woman gets sucked out, and you just hear. <laughs> <laughs> It's really good. You should look it up. It's it. People will have copied it by now because uh, the IMAX would have taken it down. But yeah, yeah. I watched the Blade Runner twenty forty nine trailer. Oh, is that out now? How does yeah. it look? Well, it was just very moody. I mean, I mean, it will look amazing. The the, the art departments yeah. of these big movies never put a foot wrong these uh, days. It, but it's just the the storytelling part that seems to be a bit duff. It, it's got Harrison Ford, obviously. Ryan Gosling's playing the new uh, Harrison Ford character. Deckard Jr. Yeah. and um, Is it about him taking him to school? Well, he meets... It's got all those bits that slightly worry me because it's, oh, we're a sequel, but we have to pay homage to the... It's tedious, isn't it? That's so the they, age we live in. They've though. got the rainy sort of light, neon lights yeah, and walking yeah. along. They've got the sort of big sort of empty, vast room... Uh, They've got uh, the, the the sort of um, electronic, de- Vangelis de- soundtrack, Vangelis music, yeah, yeah. But I mean, apparently, I, the only thing I've read is that they're not going to acknowledge whether Deckard is a uh, replicant. replicant or not, which seems a bit oh, really? So that that didn't have any consequence on his entire life. 
Well, presumably he wasn't if he's now an old man. I bet it's going to be much more mainstream than yeah, the original because yeah, yeah. it's so slow and so such a different feel to it. The, yeah. the the original Blade Runner. I don't think the studios will let that happen again. Something. I think it will be that new hybrid of this is simultaneously a sequel for all the people who like Blade Runner and also a remake for everyone who hasn't seen Blade Runner. Yeah, exactly. And it's boring. It's what they did with The Thing, actually, very unsuccessfully, wasn't it? Because even though the uh, John Carpenter's The Thing was a remake, yeah. they then did a sequel, which was just the same story. Did they? Yeah. Yeah, people don't even remember it. I think it was Joel Edgerton uh, was the lead in it. Have we uh, got any uh, Christmas letters in your sack, Marek? Yes, I've just looked in my big sack and guess what I've found? What have you found? Is it a, a mole, a sort of rather large, hairy mole? No, it's um, a letter from Francis Jolly. Oh, thank God. He said, um, there only seem to be a few Christmas films up this year. Bad Santa 2 and Office Christmas Party. So if you could change a movie to tie in with the Christmas, what would you choose? I have always thought that Big would be a great Christmas film. If he wished to Santa, he was a, a grown-up. I haven't read it right. It would also tie in with a toy company and have some extra melancholy of him being scared to be alone at Christmas. Have a lovely festive weekend and may all of your dreams come true. Keep watching the films, Francis. Well, what film would be good if it was a Christmas film? I think basically every film. It does make um, films a bit better, doesn't it? Yeah. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> that would be better. That would be a lot better. Um, uh, if, if, if every single Star Wars film was a Christmas film, so there's always snows at the end, and yeah. uh, they give each other presents. I mean, Return of the Jedi would be a great little Christmas film if all the Ewoks are dancing having Christmas at the end, wouldn't it? Yeah. Just as the Death Star explodes, it starts to snow. You, you have to be... You can't really have any summer holiday ones as Christmas films. I'm trying to think of one. Like Lawrence, Summer Holiday, for instance. Lawrence of Arabia. <laughs> Lawrence of Arabia is a great Christmas film. It's walking across snow, snowy dunes. A lot of classics that in any cold weather are Christmas films, aren't they? Fargo. Yeah. About a boy if it's quite a good Christmassy yeah, yeah. one. Um, is that because it feels like a Richard Curtis film a bit? Yes. Yeah. I started watching Love Actually again the other night because I couldn't think of anything. I just got annoyed. Yeah, it's one that, that people have a lot of problems with. Apparently... The original script, I was speaking to someone who's a friend of Marcus Brigstock's and he, he saw the original script because he plays a radio DJ. Yeah. And apparently, originally, all of the stories were far more connected than they actually are. And Rowan Atkinson was the character who tied it all together because he was quite literally a guardian angel. Oh, okay. And, and there's still hints of that remaining in the final edit, but it was like three and a half hours long, so it all sort of went. Oh, but it's interesting. Um, well, there we go. Yeah. That's answered that one. Well, that's answered that. I mean, that, that's uh, that's enough for uh, for uh, letters. I think if you'd like to write, we, we've got a game to play, so uh, we'll we'll stop that there. But if you'd like to write to us and we'll read your letter out in the new year, then please go to filmfandango.com and fill out the contact form there. Now 
We're going to play a game. Well, it's Christmas. It's Christmas time. So we're going to play the Radio Times uh, Christmas game that we like to play. Um, the rules basically are that we find a film in the Radio Times and read out the very short description and the other person has to uh, guess what it is. And you can play at home, so this is interactive. Yeah. Um, and I got the Radio Times as well this year. And I think it's the first time where it's so suddenly you realise the effect of the, the internet and Netflix, where it's no longer a big thing to look through it. Yeah. And it seems to be a lot of shitty films compared to... I've yeah, quite, I've noticed that, that mainstream channels are putting on total shit. I would, I would far uh, rather see old classics yeah. that are brilliant. That you think, oh, actually, I'll watch that because I know I'm in t- total safe hands. Yeah. Then some slightly shit newer film that they can't get the good ones because they've already been... You They're know, all on demand. Netflix. <laughs> yeah. So they'll get a slightly poor Christmas film. Yeah. Oh, well, do you want to pick one first? Okay, yeah. we'll start on the 21st of December. Oh, that's tomorrow. Well, well that's past, hasn't it? Well, we are pre-recording this. You're pre-recording it. So, uh, let's see. Okay, here you go. Okay. Four stars, animated comedy. The dashing blank goes on a quest for magic beans. Oh, it, 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 it is Jack and the Giant Beanstalk. I'm afraid not. It's Puss in Boots, the Antonio Bandera spin-off from Shrek. Fucking bullshit. <laughs> Sorry about that language. Right, I'm going to go on to the 22nd. Okay. I'm going to get or this. Or maybe... I mean, the thing is, you ha- you can't pick something too obscure. No. And a lot of these v- <laughs> films, such as uh, <laughs> Lockout. I mean, you ever heard of Lockout? Yeah, I've seen Lockout, yeah. What is Lockout? About? Lockout, I think, is a Guy Pearce um, space prison uh, thing. It's a complete rip-off of Escape from, uh, uh, Escape from New York. He's even playing it as Kurt Russell. <laughs> Uh, fantasy comedy. I'm going to read the whole thing out. Santa Claus has his hands full as Jack Frost plans to hijack the festive season. <laughs> You've given me the character names. Well, <laughs> I've given it to you because it's very difficult. Okay, fine. Carry on. That's it. Santa Claus has his hands full as, as Jack, Jack Frost, Frost plans to hijack uh, the festive season. Now, they're not the main characters, though, are they? Yes, they are. Is it? I'm going to have to hurry you. What what was did he say animated fantasy comedy yeah fantasy not but animated or not yeah 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 Arthur Christmas no it's the Santa Claus three the escape <laughs> oh you prick <laughs> right that's nil nil <laughs> I've not seen any of the Santa Claus films have you I've never even heard of it it's the their Tim Allen films the Santa Claus three the escape clause yeah. It's Claus as in with an A, so he, he becomes Santa after he like, oh, breaks Santa's legs or something. <laughs> okay, four stars. Yeah. Fantasy adventure based on Blank's book. A young boy receives a magical gift from a stranger. What year? Uh, does it say the year? Um, 1996. A young boy receives a gift from a stranger. A magical gift. Um, and I can also give you another clue. 
It's on at 12.20pm. Sword in the Stone. It's a good guess. James and the Giant Peach. Based oh. on Blank's book is the thing I was going for. It turns out a lot of children's films... Sound the same. ...are strangers <laughs> giving gifts to young boys. It's true. Which is the same way as a lot of children are kidnapped. OK. <laughs> well, nil-nil. We're not doing very well here. OK, here we go. Yeah. I'll give you an easier one. Yeah. It's only got two stars. Okay. Something, something, and his cronies return. This time targeting someone's high-tech Vegas casino. 2007. Ocean's 12. No, it's not. It's Ocean's 13. I have to accept your first (laughs) Because in 12, they go around Europe. The reclaim was returned. Yeah. You got overexcited. I did. I did. It is Ocean's Thirteen. Currently, isn't it? we have no points. Okay, let's go for another one. Um, if you're doing better than us at home, sharp penis at the top of your voice. <laughs> okay, there's there's one that I want to do, but it's not your proper one. But see if you get it. Okay, because I'll be amazed. Yeah. I'll give you a proper oh, one afterwards. Okay. Animated adventure. Evil alien leader... I'll even give you the names. Evil alien leader Zartog takes over the Blanks mission control on Earth. Two stars. Powerpuff Girls. Oh, so close. What is it? Space Chimps 2, Zartog Strikes Back. Oh, Space Chimps 2. Yeah, it's Space Chimps 2. Okay, here's your proper one. Fantasy. When a department store... Santa Claus turns up for work drunk. An elderly gentleman calling himself Chris Kringle offers to stand in. Miracle on 34th Street? Correct! Yes! I haven't even seen that. I was just guessing it was a David, Richard Attenborough one. Oh, well, uh, David, mm-hmm. I'm afraid you need to get this one to stay in the game. So you're picking a really obscure one. Then. No, I'm not. Right, ladies and gentlemen... Boys and girls, enjoy um, a comedy starring something, something, and something, something. Okay. One fun-loving bachelor, something Russell, has to look after his sharp young nephew and nieces while their parents are away. Anything can happen. 1989. 1989? I'll give you a director as well. Something Russell. I'll give you a director. Yeah. John Hughes. Uncle Buck. Yes. yes. The clue was in the nephew and niece. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, let's go. Let's this do one it, more. This is to win. This, this is to, to win. Well, well, no, because we've had an equal number now, right? Oh, did I start? Oh, um, yeah, we have. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, one more, man. One more. Mean I'm one more. Because it is the best game ever. I'm going to lose. I'm going to lose. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, blank, blank. Yeah. And blank, blank, hyphen, blank. Return in this playful action-adventure sequel that is far more tongue-in-cheek than its predecessor. One more time, please. Blank, blank, and blank, blank, hyphen, blank. Return in this playful action-adventure sequel that is far more tongue-in-cheek than its predecessor. That is really hard. 2005. Blank, blank, and blank, blank, blank. What, blank, blank, hyphen, blank. That's that's sort of a big clue, actually, but... Bad Boys 2? No. 
It's the legend of Zorro. What a load of bullshit. Catherine Zeta-Jones. What a load of bullshit. Absolute scandal. Right, I'll get you then. (laughs) I'll get you. Right, five stars. Epic romantic drama with blank blank. Against the backdrop of the Great War and the Russian Revolution, a couple's romance is disrupted by the social upheaval surrounding them. Five stars. What year? 1965. Epic romantic drama with something something. Gone with the wind. Dr. Zhivago. Oh, of course it's Dr. Zhivago. Well, I hope you enjoyed that at home. And yeah. now your Christmas is fully complete. <laughs> um, Marit, you've also seen a film this year. Well, we'll you? talk about two films. I've been okay. doing this play, so I haven't had a chance. Well, I was going to go to cinema, but the only thing out was Rogue One. Mm-hmm. Literally the only thing, apart from Mona, which is some kids' film. Passengers has come out, hasn't it? Which is the Jennifer Lawrence, Chris uh, thingy. Oh, well, that wasn't out when I had to go and see it. So I um, bought Chariots of Fire, the infamous uh, drama, in 1981, charting the story of two competitors as they try and win the 1924 100-metre sprint at the Paris Olympics. Um, It's quite a famous film. I mean, this is a... The film made Van Gelis, who did the Mutual Blade Runner, right. famous. He famously did the Chariots of Fire track. And there's a scene which isn't really anything to do with the film where they're running across the beach. It's become yeah. sort of this. Aren't just, they supposed to be in Oxford as well? That is actually. And it's St Andrew's Beach. No, it isn't. It's actually, that beach is um, somewhere in Essex, what's it called? Is it? I thought it was St Andrew's. No, it's not St Andrew's Beach, it's another beach. Oh, right. Because I looked it up. Oh, right. But I can't remember where. It's uh, not Margate, but somewhere near around there. Um, so there's a story of these people, a guy at Cambridge called. Um, who is Harold Abrams, who is this a Jewish sprinter who feels as though people are anti-Semitic towards him because of his, he's trying new training methods and it's not in keeping with the, right. the Cambridge way. And uh, he's one of the big competitors. And the other one is this uh, devout uh, Christian in Scotland called Eric Liddell, who was a rugby player, who is played by Ian Charleston as this very, very, very gentle sort of um, uh, sprinter. I mean, it's quite slow... And I was surprised that there wasn't more drama to it. I quite enjoyed it, but I didn't think it was a classic. Right, I've not seen it. Yeah, I've I thought I should it. watch it because it's always everyone has talked about it. Yeah, I've, I've seen so many parodies of that running scene that it, I feel like you I've feel seen as it. though you've seen it. Yeah, but it's not really. It's quite a slow drama, which feels. I mean, it was made in 1981. It feels like it's more 1970s, yeah. 1960s, and where it's quite dated. And it's fascinating to see how these historical films have changed. What's interesting is the lead um, who plays Harold Abrams, Ben Cross. Yes, he features as a dad in Paper House, which is a horror film I talked about. Yeah, uh, in a minor role. Well, he's also Spock's dad in the new uh, Star Trek films yeah. as well. He's brilliant in this. Yeah, yeah. And it's fascinating to see someone you think when this came out, you would have thought, oh, he's going to be well. I a big actually, star. I have. <laughs> I don't know if I'm allowed to share this. Richard E. Grant told me a story about Ben Cross. Oh, really? That Yes, th- which is the reason his career was screwed. Because I happen to know Ben Cross's son. I went to university with him. Oh, I didn't know this. This is great gossip. And uh, Richard E. Grant uh, 
set. We we he he did a radio show of mine, uh, a radio play called Revolution about the French Revolution, and. Um, Backstage after the read through, he said, uh, "You know, I'm just, I'm just hoping not to get fired. You know, I just uh, don't want to be Ben Cross." <laughs> yeah, he's like, "What do you mean?" And I kept to myself that I knew his stuff. And and he told this story about how um, Ben Cross uh, cuckolded Steven Spielberg. He slept with Spielberg's wife, and in the words of Richard E. Grant, he said, "And you do not fuck the Sun King." And so he was basically blacklisted all over town. Um, and it's the reason Spielberg split up with his wife and then ended up marrying... Uh, uh, what's her name? The actress from Temple of Doom was his second wife because Ben Cross had, uh, and his first wife had had an affair. Wow. And so, yeah, he's... Uh, That's why. Cause it's he, taken he, this long for his career to pick up again. He's really good. Yeah, yeah. And the other lead... Who's playing a devout Christian is Ian Charleston, who I looked up because I thought he was quite a famous theatre actor. Mm. He was one of the first famous people to die of AIDS in 1990. Is that right? Yeah. Um, so it's quite interesting. And of course, you remember Nigel Havers. Yes. And it's really odd to see someone, you see, that he's so charismatic and so distinguished. He's just like that posh gentleman look, yeah. he personifies it. He doesn't really have to do any acting because he's just so he lights up the screen. Yeah, and he's, I know he has, a, has quite a big career, but maybe he should have had a bigger career as well. Neighbours, mm. mm. he's excellent in this. I, I quite enjoyed it. Um, How many Marricks do you give it? I give it six Marricks. Okay, but I would like to talk finally about a film you should watch to get you in the Christmas spirit. What's that? Which I was trying to look Christmas cartoons last night. It is Charlie Brown's. First or Charlie Brown's Christmas, it's called. It's made in 1965. It's on YouTube, so it's 51 years old. Um, uh, I, you can probably, I mean, it's it's uh, it's probably not. Uh, I don't know if you, it's illegal or not. Well, you can track it down somewhere. Yeah, a Charlie Brown Christmas is called, is called, and it's half an hour long. I, I absolutely loved it. It's, it's, I've not watched Charlie Brown because I used to hate Charlie Brown when I was younger. Thank you. you. What is I don't get this. And watching him at forty is totally for adults. Yeah, he's a forty year old uh, child, basically. Yeah. yeah. Um apparently I've heard because they made the Peanuts movie relatively recently. Yeah. And I just dismissed it because, you know, they keep making, you know, the postman Pat movie and they rehashing these old things. Yeah. And apparently the Peanuts movie's really, really good. Well this one, it what it got nominated for an Emmy. And it's come out in 1965. It was one of the very first half an hour Christmas specials. Right. Um, because they'd done a two minute, because it was a famous comic strip, obviously. And in 1963, they did a two minute one. And a guy involved in the TV company said, Have you got a Christmas special to Charles Schultz, who mm. wrote, wrote it? And he said, Yeah, I've got one. So they made this. This went out in 1965. It was a big risk. And they thought maybe it was too religious, which I don't think it is at all. Um, and people wouldn't get it. But it got. F- some like 15 million, 16 million views. Wow. Which was half of the people with TV sets out there. And they made them since. And this was the big, um, this was the... So sort of invented Christmas specials. Yeah, then, then he had half hour specials after the cartoon specials. Yeah, so yeah. it really shaped American TV. But it feels so modern, the humour. Mm. Incredible. Hasn't dated at all. So if you want to get yourself in the Christmas mood... I thoroughly recommend watching a Charlie Brown Christmas 1965 version.
1965. Well, there you go. There's some recommendations for you. Um, we'll leave you there, I think. Uh, that's enough for Christmas. We've got to go um, drain our eggnog. Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas, everyone. And keep watching the films. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.